And people would call in and Ooh. they would list the 10 songs right. and they would just tell them whether they're right or not, but not which ones they missed. All right. So I have that here for the 10 songs we're going to talk about. See if you can name oh, them. Oh, oh, Fail. Boy. <laughs> Those weren't even a second long each. This is like a half, half a second each. Here, one more time. Welcome back to another episode of 1980s Now, a weekly examination of the importance of 1980s pop culture and also its influence today. Mm-hmm. Hey, my name's Will, and joining me as always are my friends, and they're also my co-hosts, and their names are Kat and John. Hey, guys, how are you? Hi. Good. Hey, howdy. In addition to his co-hosting duties here, John also hosts his own podcast, Gen X Grown Up, provided it's uh, above water uh, come next week. Go check that one out as well. <laughs> we're publishing hell or high water, yeah. no matter if the storm comes. <laughs> Thanks. Hey, on today's show, we're going to chat about the best songs from 1980s movies as determined by Bill, by the Billboard Hot 100. Okay. And more hmm. than that, really, we're going to talk about some interesting facts about those songs and the context in which they were written in the 1980s and Mm-hmm. That sort of thing. It's probably going to be a lot more interesting than it sounds like, I think, maybe. <laughs> it would have to be. I'm not the best judge. <laughs> <laughs> it would have to be. I don't know if it'd have to be, John. Now that sounds like a lot of pressure. <laughs> oh, shit. Now I realize I did that thing. I, don't, I didn't make oh. up uh, things before uh-oh. I... Um, oh, uh-oh. Oh, see. here we go. Okay, we don't have any... Going uh, but before we do that... Yes. Live we'll improv tease Current go. news stories related to 1980s media, including... Oh, I got nothing for this floating Max thing. Mm. All right, skip that one. Uh, <laughs> yes, and? <laughs> I feel like three weeks in a row we had stories with characters with masks. So maybe this is the uh, mm. uh, the character Ooh. other than Michael Myers or the Phantom to hang up the mask? Maybe? I don't know. Mm. Okay. Um, I didn't realize the pattern. Our friend who will be in starring in Time Bandits? Uh, whatever, Ooh. just stick around for the <laughs> news. <laughs> Would you? You're all adults. You, know, you have an attention span that goes beyond the first 30 seconds. We trust you to hang around and listen. Yeah. Make up your own puns. Right. <laughs> hey, uh, before we do that, though, I did want to know uh, once again. Thank you for your cooperation. I'm going to say because uh, Marcus <laughs> Taylor is not giving up. Oh, really? no. This dude's on a mission. Without He's tenacious. Guy. Without a stated reward or prize or bounty, <laughs> I put out the call a few weeks, two weeks ago now, three weeks ago, yes, yes. for an interview with Harrison Ford, where he praised mm-hmm. the Crystal Skull. Did he mm-hmm. find one? And we raised this question because Harrison Ford recently at D23 praised the upcoming Indiana Jones 5. Mm-hmm. And at first we thought, well, what did he say about Crystal Skull? Because his credibility could be out the window, shot. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so Marcus sent in another entry. But yet again, I'm, I'm feeling that this isn't quite meeting the standard of praising this film, a completed film that mm-hmm. ultimately we saw on screen. I'm going to play you what uh, Marcus sent in as the, uh, uh, the example of this. It comes from an IGN interview from 2008. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. And there, there were lots of scripts uh, floating around, I believe. Well, you, you know, there were versions. There were versions. And there were, uh, there were a couple of attempts that weren't uh, fully successful. And then, you know, there was a continuous dogged pursuit of the, of the strong parts of the story and an adjustment of the recipe to suit the three of us. And So what, what was it about this one then? That... It was good. I was ready. Was right. So him saying it was good is what Marcus is hanging his hat on saying that uh, Harrison mm-hmm. Ford is praising mm-hmm. the Crystal Skull. Ah, I need mm. to know something. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I want to know how Marcus feels about the crystal skull. Hmm. It, it, it's a sidebar. I don't. It's know. like I want to it know. Is, yeah. How... All right, let's get to the front bar then. Is that <laughs> quote that I just played uh, definitively Harrison Ford praising the film we know as uh, Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull? No, not the film. Wasn't he sort of saying the script was good enough? Right, that's right, Kat. <laughs> He's talking about the script. <laughs> Like the interviewer well, asked him about the script, yeah. And even so, yeah. like, it's not high praise. Mushmouth Harrison Ford, as he always is. Well, uh, I mean, it was good. He didn't say, this is the best thing I've seen. If He's like, it's not shit. Like, yeah. he was being barely concealed. Yeah. Like, disdain for it. It's like when Kat gave me that mixtape. Yeah. <laughs> right? Wow. She so was like, hang on, just so you know. There's a lot of issues with it, including including songs you probably won't like. Yeah, and the qualities. The script for the mixtape, good. Yeah, mixtape itself, not so much. Execution, horrible. (laughs) Now I realize I should have named it something Crystal Skull. Yeah. Oh, the Crystal something about the Crystal Skull. Something related to the Crystal Skull. Yeah. Yeah. We can. Yeah. The interview asks him, how did you arrive at this script? Or he said, I I heard there was a number Mm -hmm. of other scripts and Harrison Ford says, as you heard, Mm -hmm. yeah, we we tossed those out Mm -hmm. because they weren't, you know, and ultimately arrived the only one we did because it's good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or than the other ones. (laughs) I'm sure there's tons of stories of uh, Hollywood films that had fantastic scripts and didn't, you know, once they got on the screen, from page to screen. It's not quite high praise. I mean, whether, yeah. whether he was talking about the script or not, it wasn't gl- a glowing yeah. recommendation yeah. of the film. I don't want to right. discourage Marcus, but. Hey, sorry. but good try, Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get here. You've been will buzzed, Marcus. Enjoy. Yeah. Well, we are going to send It happens you- to me all the time. You'll get used to it. It's a consolation prize. I'm going to send you this mixtape I have. Uh, <gasps> oh! Ow! It's I would better never. 1980s Cat, now than. I would never. Than never. Oh. Oh, oh goodness. I'm just kidding. I'm not sending you that. Or maybe I'll dub it, right? I'll dub it. Can I dub you it? You can just take a wild guess what my next blog post no, is oh, going to oh, be oh, if you oh, do that. Uh, oh, maybe that's how we go. I'm going to tell you where you can stick that mixtape. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Press eject. Press eject. <laughs> All right. Uh, All right. Hey, let's mm. get caught up on 1980s. So this is a story I couldn't come up with something interesting to say about. But the story itself is interesting. As reported mm-hmm. by a, a CBS affiliate, affiliate in Chicago, mm-hmm. how did a family get a Max from Stranger Things Halloween decoration to float? Mm-hmm. So apparently, I hadn't mm-hmm. been aware of this but for the story, but uh, apparently a clip mm-hmm. of this has been shown over and over again on TikTok. By, it's been viewed by millions of people there. But True. no one knows quite how this feat is possible. Mm-hmm. For if you haven't seen it, it looks like a real girl dressed in the costume of Sadie or Sadie Sink's costume as Max mm-hmm. on uh, yes. Stranger Things, right. mm-hmm. and it's hovering midair. I don't know what would you say, ten feet or so in the air, maybe. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe, her, her maybe feet, her feet are about ten foot, and she's yeah, yeah. yeah, above that. Yeah, she's way up there. Yeah. Now it's mm-hmm. not a real person; it is a mannequin, but mm-hmm. it is fairly convincing. But how mm-hmm. they have it there, hovering over their front lawn, it remains a mystery. Yeah. Uh, Dave Appel and his wife, Aubrey, apparently go big every year for Halloween for decorations. In fact, this year they started on August 1st. Whoa. Yep. Now, I, I got to tell you guys, I mm-hmm. love Halloween. I mm-hmm. love it. I did not yep. put a single decoration out 
in front of my house. <laughs> Until the day of, right? Like you well, usually have something that you've Well, built. yes. I guess part yeah. of giving out the candy, I have so I, part of my costume oh, yeah. where I decorate the porch yeah. to look like a pirate ship or whatever or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Will, yeah. Will, are you the guy that puts out a bowl of like, like toothpaste and toothbrushes <laughs> and stuff for the kids? And just a sign. I can't even give it up. I can't Everybody else is doing candy. I'm going to yeah. make a difference. Yes. Take your difference, put it with your mixtape and put Reese's floss. Cups Here's out floss. I have an empty bowl that says, leave candy here. And another bowl that says, take a penny. <laughs> Trying to just get that candy out of the hands of children. A little revenue. Yeah. A little opportunity. to. Mm-hmm. I love Halloween too. We used to decorate like big time. And I was, I was the guy that would dig a hole and sit in it. Like I was a corpse and then jump out and scare kids and all that. Mm-hmm. You- and then we moved towns oh. and I live in what is now a predominantly, Hmm. Blue haired <laughs> neighborhood. Okay. And, and there are no kids to come. There's the mm. knock on the door and oh, the neighbors yeah. are all kind of like well, the HOA wouldn't approve of all yep. those headstones. Yes, yes. And and like, the whole you know digging. what? <laughs> the whole thing. Yeah, well, I, I, I did. I, yeah, I'd never even got to that. Until point. we had a real corpse in the hole. Cause one of the blue haired ladies came by to complain. <laughs> Just, I had had enough of her. Yeah. Yeah, the, th- the thing with decorating for Halloween is you need to have a big audience to come by and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yes. And like the third Halloween that we had two trick or treaters for all the work we did, we're like, mm-hmm. all right, here's a pumpkin. Have Merry Halloween, whatever. Yeah. I don't go big on the decorations, but yeah. our neighborhood pretty mm-hmm. much gets into trick or treat night. And we have a scheduled trick or treat night. It's not on Halloween, it's the Friday mm. before. Oh, yeah, I love it's, that. Really? It's curious. I, I'm a fan as yes. well. It's always a Friday really? night from six to eight. It took some getting used to because that's not how they it in New Jersey, mm-hmm. <laughs> at least not where I came from. And, um, but it's great. And we, it's like a big party. We all just sit mm. out and, and I get to admire every single costume mm. and it's really, it's super fun. Yeah. Now I'd like to go participate in the trunk or treat events. Have you seen those? Oh those yeah. Are oh, we do that. Yeah. 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 They're like, like church groups or civic groups mm-hmm. or something. Everybody pops their trunk and you hang mm-hmm. lights or something goofy and the kids walk around like a ball field or a park or something yeah. and mm-hmm. get candy out of the back of people's trunks. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And our neighborhood That's is fun, actually right? pretty cool. We do do it on Halloween. I, I, I lived in a neighborhood where we did it, like you said, every, it was like a Friday or a, no, it was a Saturday mm-hmm. night every Saturday. Mm-hmm. Saturday. Or it was on a Saturday closest to Halloween. Mm-hmm. Which is good because now like it's going to be on a Tuesday or something and the kids are like wired at nine o'clock at night mm-hmm. can't go to sleep yeah. and mm-hmm. then they got to go yeah, to school yeah. the next morning. But they're, yeah. they're not my kids. But, <laughs> <laughs> I'm almost there. I'm almost there. But my in our neighborhood, the adults give out shots and alcohol to the other to the adults that are walking their kids really? around. Yeah. Wow. So now, now it's trick or treat. Yeah. So as you stop by certain homes, they have jello shots out and. Oh my god! You know, fake blood bags that have alcohol in them. Are like, <laughs> the alpha take just one, and I'm I'm hitting yeah. them. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I had one year. I put like the blood bags in some inside pockets in my coat, and I had the straws in my mouth as I was walking my daughter. <laughs> yeah, sip and stroll. We call that. But yeah, <laughs> these folks. I, I don't know. I, I've got. Uh, wow. This makes me. I feel like either I'm not ambitious enough with the things I am passionate about, or. Mm. I don't know, whatever. I don't know what to make of this. I guess great for them. It doesn't hurt anybody. It's great to have yeah. a passion, I guess, ultimately. Don't skip the coolest part. Yeah. Have you figured out how they have her hanging up there? He has said yeah. it's not helium. Yeah. Right. Right. He said it's not helium. He said it's something not, else. It's not, not a drone. drone. Yeah. Not <laughs> yeah. a drone. Not drones, not, not helium. Balloons. Right. Do you, mm-hmm. you have a suspicion? Like he hasn't really said, I but I have a theory. So. What do you think, Will? Well, I think on that video that they have on this news agency shows, mm-hmm. for one split second, 
You yep. can see there's a wire there. Oh, okay. A wire. All right. Right. Yeah, but yeah. it's a horizontal wire, right? It's not yeah, vertical. It's, like it's not hanging. Type of, yeah. So I'm guessing it's like a three or four point harness with piano yes. wire from multiple like light poles or something. Mm-hmm. It's got mm-hmm. to be. Mm-hmm. Which, That's what yeah. I'm thinking. Yeah. Okay. Attached like at the head or neck of this dummy so that it hangs mm-hmm. straight down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it also mm-hmm. keeps it centered so it doesn't move around because mm-hmm. helium would have that problem, right? Yeah. That's, right. That's my theory. Yeah, I noticed there wasn't a whole yeah. lot of give to it. There was a little bit mm-hmm. of wiggle on the legs, but hardly anything. Hardly pretty... any. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It's convincing. Yeah. He did a great job. Yeah. It's it's really cool. I wish I could go drive by. <laughs> mm-hmm. I wish somebody around here would do that. Yeah. I'd yeah. jump up and hang from the legs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come down, Max. Yeah. Even Netflix has joined in on the fun uh, on Twitter, I believe it was. They, they uh, mm-hmm. posted to the Appels uh, or in connection with the Appels video saying, ca- calling the Appels, they're number one fan for sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I'm not going to try to compete with that. I love Stranger Things. I think but, they win. All right. In other 1980s news, and as reported by Variety and Van- Vanity Fair, and all over everywhere, a James Earl Jones retires as Darth Vader, but mm-hmm. has, made, has taken steps to keep his voice alive. <laughs> uh, it's kind of, yeah, he's just going to have John do it. Or at least the breathing part. (laughs) From now on, I've got it. (laughs) Now, of course, uh, everybody knows, right? Jones first voiced the uh, iconic uh, villain in 1977 with A New Hope, which was just called Star Wars then, uh, while Mm -hmm. David Prowse appeared on screen in the actual costume. Of course, Mm -hmm. David Prowse notoriously thought he was voicing Darth Vader. Right. He didn't realize he wasn't until he showed up to a screening of the film. And uh, that began his long spiral uh, Mm -hmm. out of the uh, good graces of uh, Lucasfilm. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, anyway so for James L. Jones however is stepping away mm-hmm. that said the force is strong with him because this 91 year old who's been doing it for, for nearly 50 years has signed yeah. off to allow them to use archival voice recordings to recreate uh, his uh, character his character mm-hmm. voice in future Star Wars productions mm-hmm. um, and uh, we've already talked about this once before because Lucasfilm yeah. has enlisted the help of a company called Respeacher which is actually a Ukrainian startup Mm-hmm. that uses AI to essentially, you know, take little snippets of all the archival audio and create mm-hmm. new dialogue. Mm-hmm. It's pretty insane. Mm-hmm. It is. They had used Crazy. it first with uh, creating the young Luke Skywalker in, uh, was it the Boba Fett series, which in the Mandalorian episodes of the Boba, of the Boba <laughs> Fett. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, because I don't think they did it at the end of the Mandalorian. I don't think that's how Wait. they did it. No, I think it was the Mandalorian. Well, at the, End of the Mandalorian Luke shows up, but I don't know if they had yeah, user yeah, speecher yeah. then. Oh, okay. All right. I think they did a different thing. They had a double or something. Or they had okay. Mark Hamill talk just a little higher pitch. <laughs> I'm Luke. I'm young and full of testosterone. Can't you tell? I haven't had my car wreck yet or had my hand cut off. Yeah. I made out with my sister. <laughs> um, but I will. But they, but they, um, but they definitely used it for Luke in uh, the book of Boba Fett. And they also used it in the more recent, uh, more recent Obi-Wan Kenobi series when Darth Vader mm-hmm. shows up. And I got to mm-hmm. say, yep. if you didn't know, you wouldn't know, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. I, yeah. It never, didn't even occur to me that it wasn't James Earl Jones, yeah. right? Well, it, it's convincing because it's all those little things. I, like I have, I have one of those stupid skills. Like there's lots of things I can't do, but I have this weird skill. Like I yeah. can pick out voice talent when I'm watching mm-hmm. a cartoon or okay. animation. I'm like, boom, that's such and such, you know? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I like doing that too. Yeah. There's like a, there's like a timber to his voice. There's a certain, there's the cadence, there's a rhythm yeah. and mm-hmm. they've captured all of that. Revoice mm-hmm. has done a great job of it. So it's not even fake. Yeah. It is yes. his voice yeah. just being yeah. re, 
you know, it's been dehydrated and reconstituted into new words, kind of. And so you're getting all those same little inflections and things that your ear, like you don't know you're listening to it, but your brain knows and you can tell. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's really good. It is. Adding some uh, real life drama to the, oh, you know, the the on-screen drama of this, mm. uh, these mm-hmm. various Star Wars series. Yes. Bogdan Belayev is the 29-year-old speech artist who is tasked at this Ukrainian company with uh, creating these new recordings for Lucasfilm. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, he's located in Ukraine. And so on February mm-hmm. 24th, tragedy struck when, struck when uh, Russia invaded his country. Mm-hmm. As the air sirens were, you know, uh, screaming through the, the city mm-hmm. of, hmm, do you guys know how to say the city name? Lviv? Lviv? I've, I've heard it different ways, and I remember mm-hmm. I'm hearing it the correct way once, and no, I don't remember. Uh, look, I'm an American, 100%. so I, I don't know uh, anything outside of my immediate uh, <laughs> continental U.S. But anyway, this uh, this uh, young uh, artist was hurrying as is, you know, the threats of uh, mm-hmm. bombs and uh, other military action against his country are, are rolling in here, hurrying to finish the project and send it off to Lucasfilm before God knows what, you know, he's, he, he doesn't mm-hmm. have the ability to do it because he right. has to flee or, you know, uh. or worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, uh, quote, uh, if everything went bad, we would never make these con- conversions delivered to Skywalker sound. He says, mm-hmm. I mean, goodness mm-hmm. gracious. I mean, they say, you not, you know what? Not every hero wears a cape. Is this? <laughs> wow. <laughs> because I'm a super nerd. Is it too much to, right? Anoint the man who hero? saved Vader's voice in the face of war, right? right? It basically is what it was. Oh yes. my gosh. Yes. Mm. I think he's, he's a, a notch above John here joining us, you know, and with the oh. threat of <laughs> <laughs> a hurricane, hurricane. right? Yeah. Yeah. That'll be gone in two days. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh. So d- does that mean that we won't have to record the podcast ourselves soon enough? We mm-hmm. can just do a sampling of our voice, give it a script mm-hmm. and it'll just, you know, every Monday mm-hmm. we'll listen to see what we said. That'd be cool. You know, no. you know, yeah, John, that's going to be hilarious and fun to do. Right. I mean, if you think when, when, uh, was the deep fakes started, that technology mm-hmm. was sort of, you know, removed, it was, you know, expensive or it was out of the hands of the lay person. Now I think there's free versions of this kind of software you can download. Mm-hmm. And if you're a clever mm-hmm. enough you know, person, you could figure out how to use it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Respeacher, some kind of democratized version of Respeacher is probably coming. Mm-hmm. You yeah. and I, we have the archival audio necessary to feed this thing. Mm-hmm. I would love to be able to say to an AI, AI uh, create, you know, cause that's how it would work. It's like create funny podcast about whatever and just play that every <laughs> Off it week. Goes. That would right. be the most popular be- show ever. I think you have it ingest about, you know, a hundred episodes, yep. give it all the archival audio, the indexes, everything. This sounds really unfun. Next thing you know, a show we've never recorded. Here's Will. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's the podcast for the 1980s. Now you're listening to hey. the show. Dun, 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 dun. You're yeah. listening to 1980s cool. now. Because <laughs> it takes the vowels from different right. places. <laughs> Stitches them together. Way to go, Will Alexa. Yeah. No, this sounds really unfun. Unfun. So. You could listen to it. Then I wouldn't get to hang yeah. out with you guys anymore. Oh. There'd be no No, you can hang out with me. I just type in what you want to talk about. What you want to talk about. Right. You don't need a mic anymore. Let's say talk to Cat about Halloween decorations. Right. Hey, cat. Will, you could you could say cre- <laughs> generate creative pun about Max Caulfield, yeah. and oh. it would do it for you. Yeah, then oh. you wouldn't have to skip it. That's where oh. it would come in handy. Oh. It would come in handy if you're stumped. <laughs> just hit a button that goes. In other news, if we get that, <laughs> I'm doing a whole show like that. I am not. 
You know, I almost I mean, didn't record tonight. I, uh, those weeks, it would definitely be at least, at least those weeks. Once a month, you robots. We should just do it with whatever is available. It doesn't even have to sound like us. It could just sound like, you know, a robot. It's, just, it's the voiceover TikTok lady, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever that's crazy. Oh, yeah. that's so annoying. That voice. It, is, yeah. it could just, be the voice just of voiceover. It could be the voice of Whopper from uh, War Games. You know, yeah, we play a game. Hey, like welcome back to another episode of 1980s. <laughs> Turbo nuclear 1980s. In now. other 1980s news. That's pretty good, Will. I like that. Hey, uh, yeah. t- another yeah. 1980s news. Two bits of casting news per deadline. First up, Lisa Kudrow will lead the cast of Taika Waititi's uh, Time Bandit series. Mm-hmm. So we don't know a whole lot about this. So obviously, Time Bandit is, is the one of the films, one of the time-traveling, many time-traveling films. We mm-hmm. love... This one's from the 1980s, from 1981. It's uh, from Terry mm-hmm. Gilliam. So, you know, it's sort of a high fantasy uh, film about uh, a boy who's uh, dissatisfied with his uh, home conditions, I guess mm-hmm. you'd say, who is, <laughs> winds up uh, running with these, what, are, what is their role? What are they called? They're like, uh, they had a job, but they wind up uh, stealing a time map mm-hmm. from the quote, supreme being. Mm-hmm. And using it to rob uh, riches from various uh, eras, I guess, right? Uh, I got a little stuck on reading that they came out of the boy's closet. Yeah. And it kind of reminded me of the hug a bunch from our origin oh, yeah. story about the hug Well, in this one, Kat, if you don't remember this film, unlike the hug a bunch where they said something about, we were leering at you creepily this whole time or whatever. There's some kind of line like that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They were watching. Yes, they were. These guys just come like exploding out. Like they, it's just a portal (laughs) happens to be in the closet and they just come out. Wow. Yeah. And they're looking immediately like, how do we get out of here? Okay. They don't want anything to do with this kid. (laughs) I I just, I just have trouble with remaking time bandits at all. Yeah. Even Taika Waititi, Mm -hmm. he does great stuff. I think he's a jerk, Mm -hmm. but I think his work is amazing. Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. like there are other franchises that if you want to mm-hmm. pick something that flopped, I guess the point yeah. is if a flop, nobody cares about it, right? Pick something that wasn't sure. great or it has <laughs> flaws, but time bandits is kind of a, it's kind of a masterpiece. It's kind of well done as yeah. it is. Yeah, a ton okay. of uh, cameos in there. John Cleese, Shelley Duvall, uh, Catherine mm-hmm. Hellman, Ian Holm, mm-hmm. uh, Michael mm-hmm. Palin, another uh, alum of uh, Monty Python. Sean Connery, did I say Sean that? Connery? Sean yeah, that, that movie. Look, there's spoilers for 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 1981's Time Bandits. <laughs> I guess if you don't know the film, we really can't talk about this. But the kid yeah, ultimately, who you know, gets swept up in it, they make their way to some time. I don't know wherever Sean Connery lives. It's some sort of like uh, ancient Greece or something like that. I don't remember exactly. But the kid okay. decides he wants to stay with Sean Connery because he's okay, seems like a cool dude and would be a better fa- better father to him. Right? That's what I remember. Huh. And as a kid, being like, that's kind of messed up. Hmm. his parents are just never going to know what happened to their kid i don't think he ever goes back right at the end i don't think really oh maybe he does shit you can stay here with me kid yeah i'm sean connery you can live right here in (laughs) my little area well this has been on my watch list your motives oh no it's not on your watch list (laughs) no this has been on my watch list do you like terry gilliam at all cat do you know um wait what else did he make brazil yeah brazil's a big one Fisher King nope. is more, is more, uh, 12. I remember yeah. talking about Brazil. Oh, Fisher King. Yeah. 12 monkeys. That. Yeah. 12 monkeys. Hmm. 13 monkeys. Hmm. 11 monkeys. Am I getting Ocean's some, Eleven mixed up with some with, unspecified uh, He's just going to say them all and use the one that works in post. 12 monkeys. 12 13 monkeys. monkeys. <laughs> 
How how 2022 is it that, by the yeah. way, this article says, Lisa Kudrow, yeah. you know, from the comeback. What you about what? Friends? Are you kidding <laughs> me? That, yes. <laughs> like, I was what's like, the wait. comeback? Yeah. I said, wait, isn't she from hmm. Friends? Hasn't Why she done something else we've seen? Hmm. Maybe, perhaps. Yeah, I wonder yeah, if yeah, like publicists get funny. involved and they're like, look, just make sure you see the comeback, okay? We're trying to move past that just, Friends yeah. thing. Right. She gets a bigger cut. Forty five bucks every time the comeback shows up in an article next to Lucy Kudrow's name. Uh, It it seems like it's a fresh start. I mean, none of the so they list here a number of actors who 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 I don't recognize. Lisa Mm -hmm. Kudrow is the only one I know, and they name their characters Mm -hmm. that they're playing, but tells us nothing about the the new show because none of them are are character names from the movie. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Hey, and the other casting news is that Kevin Bacon has joined uh, Eddie Murphy in Beverly Hills Cop Axel Foley. Wow. Yeah. I mean, in the midst of production, they're continuing to grow, you know, with the celebrity power here. Uh-huh. Kevin Bacon seems to be popping up on a lot of things lately. We know we're still waiting for him to, to uh, he's in some successful TV show right now. He just had that horror movie. I don't know how well that did that. that they, them, mm-hmm. I think it's called. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to be in the new Toxic Avenger. But that's supposed to still come out this year. I don't know when though. I remember a yeah. time when Kevin Bacon being in a movie was not newsworthy. All right. <laughs> <laughs> because he was just in every movie. Oh, It, was, oh, it wasn't like, is he in it? It was like, I wonder what Kevin Bacon's going to be in this movie because uh-huh. he was in every big yeah. movie from- you know, from mm-hmm. the mid to late eighties, early nineties, he was everywhere. Mm-hmm. So more, it would be like, that's how you play the six degrees of Kevin Bacon yeah. game. You do. Cause he's in everything with everybody. That's just in Kevin Bacon is not in this movie. <laughs> what? I'm not seeing it. That doesn't help my oh, game at no. all. <laughs> um, and while we reported that the original cast members, judge Reinhold and John Ashton were seen on set, it's also been confirmed mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Paul Reiser and Bronson Pinchot will be per- per- <laughs> Reprising their characters from the previous installments. I laughed when I saw that with <laughs> the Bronson Pin show. <laughs> and Kevin Bacon. Oh, I just also can't help but think again about him in that awful third movie. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. Hey, whatever. That was 1980s news. Hey, uh, like the show, rate, review it, subscribe, follow something, do something, blah, blah, blah. All right. Hey, yes. on today's show, like I mentioned... Uh, so we're going to talk about the best, what are we saying? The best songs from 1980s movies. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Got it. Uh, Let's do okay. That. So, hey, look, soundtracks <laughs> have been around for a long time. I don't know how long, but we know that, uh, you know, at some point, even Walt Disney himself said, hey, you know, I can make more money if not, if not only do I put movies out, I take the mm-hmm. music from those movies, put them on wax, like the kids mm-hmm. say, and sell those too. Yeah. So not only was, you know, Snow White a good, a big film for Disney, but the soundtrack mm-hmm. was as well. So that's taking us back to the 1930s. Yes. Look, there's been plenty of soundtracks since, and, uh, you know, there's certainly some that leap to mind, but I would say that something special happened in the 1980s with regard to soundtracks, and not Mm. merely nostalgia. It's something that's supported by statistics again, and this time by Billboard, which is what we're going to rely on as we talk about these uh, different songs. So Mm -hmm. uh, I have a number here somewhere. Where is it? So we're going to be talking about, uh, we're going to be looking at, so thanks to Billboard who did this research, and actually they they did this research first uh, at least as long ago as 2020. But uh, mm-hmm. they recently updated it. The most recent update to this was in 2022. And mm-hmm. I noticed something interesting happened. So in 2020, there was a, they did the top 50 uh, movie songs. And mm-hmm. they, uh, ex- they explained their, uh, what do they call that? Not, not their metrics or their you know, system for uh, creating this ranking. Mm-hmm. And they noted that um, it's based on actual performance on the weekly Billboard Hot 100 chart. Songs mm-hmm. are based or rank based on an inverse point system with weeks at Number one, earning the greatest value and weeks at number 100, earning the least. So mm-hmm. depending on how 
far you progressed and how quickly you progressed and mm-hmm. uh, how, how, what was your ultimate peak is, affects how your ranking is on this top 65. So these are going to be soundtracks yeah. that are, that have pop music in them, right? This is not going to be a list that celebrates the most orchestral pieces because those didn't make the Hot 100 that much. Now, there are a few exceptions. It's pretty much just all John Williams. Right. Yeah, no, no, you're right. Yes. Can I share with you my story Mm -hmm. of the first time I purchased a soundtrack? Okay. I was very excited. And then later, very disillusioned because Uh love Raiders of the Lost Ark. Mm -hmm. I'm at the Uh store and I'm like, here's Raiders of the Lost Ark on a cassette. Uh Holy crap. (laughs) Soundtrack. That means I can put in my Walkman and listen to the movie. And I'm thinking the dialogue, the story. He's fighting the guy by the plane. I'll hear the punches and I hear him. Suck the plane. And then it's just like, you know, Marion's theme. La, 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 la. Like, no, (laughs) this is not what I wanted. That's oh, and now, now after that, once I got over the initial disappointment, yeah. I found out I actually really enjoy soundtrack yeah. albums mm-hmm. uh-huh. because mm-hmm. now that I'm not expecting to hear the, yeah. the audio track from the movie, <laughs> right. I can't enjoy the music on its own, but I was mm-hmm. very disillusioned when I first found out that's what a soundtrack was. Yeah. All about dashed expectations. Mm. <laughs> no. See, I, what I thought you were going to say is. I, I didn't, I couldn't anticipate what your disappointment was going to be, but I thought you were going to say is you pop it in your Walkman and then you're, you're going on adventures, you know, through your oh, neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> dun, 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 and dun, that was dun, disappointing. Dun, monkey right. bars. Dun, 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 dun. I'm like, when does the dialogue start? When do I start yeah. to hear them talking? When is, oh, it never happens. There's a big snake in the plane, Jacques. I hate yeah. snakes. Jacques. Bad dates. Oh, it's good stuff. Curious <laughs> to me. So uh, uh, looks, I'm just going to cut to the, I'm not going to bury the lead here. The 1980s on this list of top 50 songs, you know, as they did it just a few years ago, the 1980s had by far the most with 25 out of the 50. So 50% wow. of the 1980s. Yeah. Good for us. Uh, yeah. The 1990s <laughs> had the second most. And then it's, you know, before and after just sort of drops off. Now mm-hmm. cut to just earlier this year when they updated this list in May. Mm-hmm. They actually increased the list from 50 to 65. And huh. while some uh, decades get songs now because they weren't really covered at the t- last time they did this, um, the first time around, they mm-hmm. added seven more 80 songs. So now the 1980s really? has 32 <laughs> wow. Good for us. songs on there Good out of the 65. <laughs> so again, it's, it's 50%. So that stayed consistent, yeah. So look, uh, we're going to focus mostly on the top 10 of these uh, 19, uh, of the 1980s songs among these 65. What? We the, can't do all 32? Uh, no. Um, I did want to consider it. I I didn't want it to seem like I was blowing off your suggestion entirely. I want to see like I was really weighing it. I really wasn't weighing it. I had the answer locked and loaded, but no mm -hmm. doubt. But anyway, so just because look, you guys, you know, you know, these songs, uh, you know, all these songs, I'm pretty sure. Well, do you remember, did you guys remember these radio contests they would have where you had a call up or they'd play like a clip of a song and you had a call up Mm. or they do a mashup of songs, a variation. I remember the one where they would do like like 10 songs, yeah. like a second of 10 oh, songs. Yes. You had to identify mm-hmm. all 10. Yes. And people would call it and Ooh. they would list the 10 songs right. and they would just tell them whether they're right or not, not which ones oh, they missed. right. That's exactly what I mean. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh. So I have that here for the 10 songs we're going to talk about. See if you can name them. Oh, oh, Fail. Boy. <laughs> you. Those weren't even a second long each. It was like a half second. Oh. They're less than a half a all second right. each. Here, one more time. It's painful. You. Now, I know you got at least three. <laughs> I got one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think. Do you want me to say oh, or not? Just, yeah, I don't know. You can guess now. I will, I will just tell you if you're right or wrong. No, I, I heard Eye of the Tiger in there. Okay. Uh, what is that song? I, that song. I heard that yep, one of that yep. I heard Phil Collins <laughs> singing Separate Lives. Oh, wow. <laughs> is, that, is that Heaven in Your Eyes? Is that what I'm hearing? Mm. Maybe. Mm. Might have been that. 
I need to hear. I will just say some are right and some are wrong. <laughs> some are right and some are wrong. I got a okay. slightly, I got a little bit more and a little bit more content here or, or slower, more, longer vert clips for you. Okay. Do you? Okay. Yeah. I heard Footloose. I heard, right. I heard, um, what a feeling. All right, this is what we're going to do. Let's, let's the flash dance. Yeah. Let's have our chat dance. and I'll check with you at the end. We're going to touch on all these songs throughout and see if you can name them when we get to okay. the end of this. Thing. Okay. All right. All right. We're, t- we're talking about that, that 50% of the songs in the top 65 of the Billboard Hot 100, that 50% of them are from the 1980s. Why is that? What do you guys think? Do you have any theories as to why the 80s would be different than say the 70s or the 90s, even those decades that were immediately before and after? Well, we've talked... Um, all along about how movies themselves became big blockbuster things. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's something about the, like the, the whole, you know, big su- summer movie thing. Um, it just became a bigger deal to have lots of bells and whistles mm. around a movie. And so I imagine that this would be um, more effort and expertise was being put into okay. an aspect of a movie, such as the soundtrack. Yeah. I think you're onto something there. Okay. I know. I mean, over on Gen X Grown Up, we spend a lot of time with less expertise and more profanity, (laughs) analyzing a lot of these same things about the 80s. And the -hmm. thing that I keep realizing over and over, or at least in in my own perception, is that it was starting like in 79, 80 when when, when pop culture was a thing. Like, Mm -hmm. there was pop culture in the 70s, but it was... it wasn't as, as homogenous. Like there were little pockets of what's popular in your area. Mm-hmm. But when pop culture started to become like so prevalent, you know, when mm-hmm. things like the Ghostbuster, just the logo represents yeah. an entire way of life, you know, the yes. things like that. <laughs> and so when pop culture became a prevalent force in entertainment, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's when they started like, hey, what else can we do to make this even mm. more pop culture-y? Let's sure. put some cool pop songs in it. Let's put, put mm-hmm. have a rock star, have a cameo in a film. You know, you never know yeah, things yeah. like that. Yeah. And so I think it, it was more, before mm-hmm. that, it was cinema. And now this mm-hmm. was popcorn movies for a generation that wanted popcorn movies. And they just kept feeding us what we loved, yeah. which was yeah. all the crap we loved in a blender. And mm-hmm. that's why I think all those <laughs> pop songs in the 80s started coming into movies. Yeah. My, uh-huh. my theory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. I think one other thing that we haven't talked about that probably was a big help was MTV. Oh, so at the beginning of the yes. 1980s, you know, you have this mm-hmm. channel launch dedicated to music videos, and so we have yeah. this nexus now of music yeah. and imagery mm-hmm. yes. that we had it prior. And folks yeah. are making music videos that are little mini movies, mini movies, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. and, or yeah. making their music video. Yeah using footage from the movie their music was used in right. because it was cheaper yeah. to make the music video that way. Yeah. By the way, kids, MTV used to play music. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> younger listeners. And then in turn, you know, we talked about this many, many episodes ago about the rise of the montage in the 1980s, which was, it really, it really mm. rose in the 1980s. It was something that was developed, mm. I think, as a form of propaganda, like in, the, in World War II, and yeah. started peaking mm-hmm. in some different films. But in the 1980s, it really came out. And- what essentially those amounted to in 1980s films were many music videos mm-hmm. in, in movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. MTV may have played a big role in, again, you know, not, not only, uh, I guess, creating that merger between those two media, but mm-hmm. helping these particular songs become more popular because they, yeah. You, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, not only you hear them on the radio, but you, you saw them on your TV too. Right. And it was an ad, a very impactful part of the movie. You know, you're hearing yeah. this particular song and yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, you're right. So mm-hmm. the, maybe the emotional connection mm-hmm. you have as a result mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. stronger and you're definitely going to be drawn to something you have a 
passion for. Right. If you Absolutely. love one and you mix it with the other, and I love yeah. peanut butter, it's with chocolate, maybe I'll like a Reese's, right? Or, or vice versa. <laughs> or if you love both, it's amazing, right? Mm-hmm. So they start blending those. Uh, that's, that, that's, I agree with you. I think all those kind of factors played into it. Yeah. 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 So, okay. If I were to ask you, who is the go-to songwriter of the 1980s? Who would you pick? Oh, you got a movie, Kenny you need Lundis. a song. Who are, you, who are you picking? Oh my Kenny gosh. Lundis. He's my go-to guy. <laughs> Who's your go-to guy? guy? <laughs> you, have to, you can have the same go-to guy. guy. That's fine. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> All right, yeah, no, I agree. Kenny Long yeah, yeah, is absolutely. I mean, yeah. this is a guy who, uh, you know, had songs in Caddyshack 1 and 2, Top Gun, Footloose. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. Over mm-hmm. the yeah. top. We mm-hmm. talked about mm-hmm. that not too long ago. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Curiously enough, <laughs> though, he only ever had one uh, hit in the top 65 songs that we're talking about here with Footloose. Oh, okay. Whereas yeah, that was there was guess. another artist, another musician who had three hit songs in the top 65. Wait, are you telling me Danger Zone never made the top 65? Well, it didn't make this top 65. Did, oh, okay, it didn't make that. But okay. I will say okay. this about right. it because I didn't look too close into Danger Zone. This top 65 is the most mm-hmm. successful songs of the 1980s for movies. Mm-hmm. So okay. while it might've been a hit, maybe it was in the top 10, maybe it was even one at one point. It wasn't Maybe as one. Last. It wasn't as number one as these. Yeah, yeah. As, yeah. as number one. So as, yeah. as number one. But <laughs> so somebody else had more success. Three songs by Phil Collins are in the oh, top. I was gonna 60. say, oh, sure. is it Phil yeah. Collins? Yeah. Okay, that was gonna be my next. All right, cat. Right. So when, yeah. among that, the cat, then you probably can guess the three songs. What do you think? <laughs> okay. Um. Well, one of them is definitely Separate Lives. No oh, ding. Um. No. Uh, now, is that, how can you just let me? Nope, sorry. Never mind. Scratch that. <gasps> sorry. That There's that one. Oh, damn um, wait, I got to hear it in my head. <laughs> Play things to confuse her. <laughs> <laughs> Play noises. Just do arpeggios. Oh, I lost it. I lost Kat, it. I'm going to give you a clue as to what the other songs are, okay? Oh, I could use a clue. You... There, it was in there somewhere. All right. Um, That's better. Welcome to Hurdle from Hell. We were looking for two hearts and against all odds. Against all odds. That's the one that I was trying to follow. I never would have gotten couldn't. Two hearts, I can hear. Against all odds, I wouldn't have pulled. You know, I realized I should be introducing these as games, so we just have a ridiculous amount of games this this show. So let's see. The first thing I'm going to say once again, it's time to play. uh, Oh, my gosh. I don't know. Whatever that is. Name the top 10 something or other. Okay. I would Whatever. love that if there was more than one. Well, that's, what I'm gonna, that's what I'm going to edit this this way. Okay, once again, it's time to play uh, hmm, whatever that clip was. Um, so what I've got you for you here is, all right, whatever. Um, okay, once again, speaking of, so do you guys remember what movie uh, Two Hearts came from? Um, that's the two hearts living in just yeah, one, one right? mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. It <laughs> had, had to be a love story. Did. Well, since you... Yeah. The fact that you don't remember reminds me that once again, it's time to play. Listen, you smell something. All right, there's another game for you. All right, so I've got five movies for you, or five songs here for you. Okay. That again are in this top 65. You tell me what movie they're in. Okay. The first one, Two Hearts. Like we just established, we don't yeah, know yeah. that one. That's in a film called Buster. <laughs> Which actually also starred Phil Collins. I think he plays it's a- It's uh, Phil Collins. He yeah. a British never like saw a it. bank robber or something like that. Yeah. Does he wear like oh. a pork pie hat in the yeah. poster? Yeah, that's right. All you remember yeah. is the hat. I named oh a gosh. puppy buster after that film, even though I hadn't seen it because it was Phil Collins with a pork pie hat. Oh that my goodness. <laughs> that's amazing. Never seen the film though. How about the song by Prince Kiss? What movie is that in? Um, Prince. Come on. Kiss. Well, I mean, is that- 
in Purple Rain? No, it it's no. the other one. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> under, under the Cherry the Moon. Cherry Moon. Oh. Okay. All right, how oh. about I just called to say I love you? Oh, my gosh. Was it Buster? No, it wasn't Buster. <gasps> hey. <laughs> boy, boy, boy. <laughs> All right, that was in. What was it in? The Woman in Red. Oh, okay. Remember that film with Gene Wilder and Kelly yes. LeBrock? Nope. Yes. Yes. It's funny. I named a puppy the woman in red after that film, yet I never saw it. It was a white puppy. Made no sense. The, you know what's weird about that movie is Gene Wilder starred in that movie and he wrote that movie. Maybe even directed it. I don't think he directed it. But he wrote it. And it's about a man who's like, uh, you know, got the seven year itch and is, uh, he starts, he, he sees Kelly LeBrock and he, I don't know if he actually consummates mm-hmm. their affair, but I think so. He has an affair with her. I know there's a scene with them in bed and she's getting dressed okay. and she's naked. So I, maybe they so suggest mm-hmm. they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause you know, sick of his wife, his actual wife, Gilda Radner is in the film. I think she may even play his wife in that movie. Isn't that like, wow. I mean, if I did that, my <laughs> wife would have questions, <laughs> a lot of questions. Right. What inspired you to write this script, Gene? Yeah. Why did you cast Kelly LeBrock as that woman and not me? You're going after. I Maybe mean, it was her idea. Gilda Radner. Look at her, Gilda. Wacky. Just look at her. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> All right. How about the song and Separate the Lives by Phil Collins and Marilyn oh. Hart? What oh, film I is totally that? I totally know what that's from. Okay, what oh, thank goodness one of us knows Which one. one. Go, Cat. White Knights. That's right. Yay. How about the song <laughs> Say You, Say Me by Lionel Richie? John. I have no idea. No. That's Man. also in White Knights. This Ooh. is the worst game. That was a trick question. <laughs> it's not a trick. John's always saying trick questions. It's not a trick, it question. A trick question. It's the actual answer. Uh, you know, funny thing. It's I named a puppy fine. White Knights. You got a lot of dogs, man. <laughs> oh, man. It was a red dog. He got to send the authorities over there. He's got a puppy. Man. Uh, <laughs> All right. Anyway, so... Uh, Mortifying, mortifying. You know, we talked about this legend, legendary, uh, legendary songwriter, co- composer, singer, performer, Kenny Loggins, right? Just a fantastic mm-hmm. guy. Mm-hmm. So iconic, so associated with 80, not only the 1980s, but 1980s films. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently Phil Collins even more. <laughs> nah, I disagree. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> billboard, have your way, whatever yeah. you want. In spite of uh, Kenny Loggins' talent in the, in the various songs mm-hmm. that we know from all these films, mm-hmm. and one of which is in the top 65, <laughs> only one. <laughs> he didn't write all the songs that uh, he's most associated with. So, okay. And that's true right. for many of the songs that, uh, you know, again, are, that are on this list. So mm-hmm. once again, it's time to play as if we didn't just play a game. Oh. <laughs> John oh loves God. these games, by the way. You can just tell he loves I, I do. He loves I do. them. Can, can we do toy shopping again? I was yes. good at that one. See how I got I to gotta mix it up, right? Hmm. Hey, right. look, I've got five. This is a quick one. I've got five songs for you here. I want you to tell me which one was actually written by the performer oh. that sings it. Okay. Okay. Mm. Okay. Uh, Kenny Loggins' so, wh- Danger Zone. So one of them? Only, Only one, one of them. Ones, Danger so Zone. Okay. All right. Kenny Loggins. Okay. Nothing's going to stop us. Starship. Don't you forget mm-hmm. about me, Simple Minds. Mm-hmm. I am the tiger, sur- survivor, or wind beneath my wings, Bette Midler. Which one was actually written by the person singing it? Because the others weren't. I think it was number two. What was number two, Starship? Nothing's going to stop us by Starship. Really? I, I, I have a different vote. Okay. I'm going to guess okay. the, the, the Simple Minds track. Okay. And I have a reason for that, and it's, it's okay. not based on knowledge. It's based on logic. A dog? Okay. <laughs> a dog you have? No, no, <laughs> no. Based on a dog. No, no. <laughs> You're both wrong. Oh, fooey. All right. 
I knew John was wrong, but I didn't know I was wrong. I knew John. Well, everyone knew John was wrong before the show began. Because his lips were moving. Oh, cat, that's awful. Um, no, it's says the guy who's disrespecting your mixtape. Is that? No, I love her mixtape. That's why I'm making copies and giving it to other people. Oh, wait, what? Mm-hmm. That's why you're, that's why you're giving it, to Marcus, it away. I said earlier, didn't I? Copy of it though. <laughs> and I can't imagine what a second generation of a tape called two, 12 distressing skips will sound like. It probably only gets better, right? <laughs> I kid because changes. I love. It gets more warbly. <laughs> um, no, the actual answer is, is Survivor, Eye of the Tiger. Oh, I mm. thought that they did not No, they that. did write it, yeah. So, oh my God. Yeah, originally for Eye of the Tiger, huh. Stallone wanted to uh, use Queens, Another One Bites the Dust. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jim uh, Paderek and Frank Frankie Sullivan, who are the co-founders of Survivor and also mm-hmm. the keyboardist and guitarist, and I think they both played some other instruments as well, sure. uh, were asked by Stallone to to write a song for his film after Queen rejected Stallone's uh, bid to use another yeah. bites the dust. Ah, uh, okay. The way Jim okay. Paderek explains it, he, he came home one day to his answering machine to find a message that said like, hey, yo, Jim, <laughs> quite an answering machine you got there. It's Sylvester Sloan, call me back. The shame is something happened to it. (laughs) (laughs) Look, what I, so no, the the first part, what I said, the hey yo, I wish I had the code written down. That's true. He really did leave a message. At least that's the way Jim tells the story. Maybe he didn't say that. (laughs) Maybe he was really like, "Uh, Mr. Patrick, this is Sylvester Sloan calling in my natural voice. (laughs) I mean, who knows? But anyway, so uh, once he realized it really was just Sylvester Stallone and they agreed to make this uh, deal, he, they uh-huh. received a tape of a of the mo- of a montage from from okay. Eye of the Tiger, which shows Mr. T mm-hmm. sort of rising up as you know Rocky Balboa is mm-hmm. softening because he's doing commercials and he's sort of selling mm-hmm. out. Uh-huh. Uh, and there's a part of it where their punches are being thrown, mm-hmm. and Jim says he's Pederick says he's just he was had his, put his Les Paul around his neck, and as he's watching it, he just banged out those chords in sync with the punches. That oh iconic. Gosh, that's eh, cool. Eh, eh, eh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they didn't know what the rest of the movie was. But uh, after they had created that, they got a, a, another tape with the entire film. And there is mm-hmm. a scene there where Burgess Meredith, you know, plays the trainer, says, Rocky, you're losing mm-hmm. the eye of the tiger. And mm-hmm. according to Pederick, boom, boom, they had their, their hook. It is. That's so cool. Rock, you're a bum. Yeah. Get <laughs> back in the gym. Yeah, the other songs weren't <laughs> written by the artists. And in fact, don't you forget about me, the one that, uh, that uh, John had suggested mm-hmm. was written by Keith, Erroneously. Keith Forsey and Steve Schiff. <laughs> They wrote mm-hmm. for the film and then they approached a number of different artists, established artists to sing it. Uh, Billy Idol mm-hmm. passed, Brian Ferry, uh, mm-hmm. and the, the Fixes, uh, Cy Kernan, didn't want to record it. And the Scottish band Simple Minds also passed on it. That's what oh, I was really? reading yes. about. Yes, initially they were like, nope, we don't sing mm, yeah. songs that we don't write. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. why I thought Simple Minds because I thought, like I... I equate them yeah. with like like creative integrity, and right. I'm like, okay. oh, they had they write all their stuff. I think it's got to be. I so I didn't, mm-hmm. know, so I didn't mm-hmm. know the story that you obviously know, Cat. Mm-hmm. Well, well done. Yeah, their their label A yeah. and M just kept insisting you got to do this, mm-hmm. and so finally, good for you. They conceded, yeah. and they they felt good about conceding because they thought no one's ever going to see this little film. Right. Uh, the Breakfast Club. Uh, I should mention the film there. The little movie. Yeah, the little. No one's ever going to see the Breakfast Club, and of course, it's their biggest hit to date. I'm certain of it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, irony. All right. The publicist says, "I told you so." Every time he cuts them a check. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know. Okay. So look, I don't have this as a game. You're probably glad for that. Um, but Aww. so <laughs> thinking about, I don't, I don't, 
I don't want to do it if it's not a game. Well, I, I, this is a question, and I think Kat might be able to get this one, because and only because okay. Kat and I have All talked right. about this person a number of times, and John, I don't know that okay. you and I have ever spoken about him. But thinking about how Kenny Loggins, you know, again, this amazing songwriter, Mm-hmm. Didn't write all of his songs, including, as I mentioned, The Danger Zone. Well, who did? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to oh. give you a clue. It's a person who's written a number of pop songs from films throughout the 1980s and is also regarded as the father of disco. Did did Niall Rogers? Oh, no. What? You're close. It's the other one. The other one? Kenny Rogers. <laughs> Kenny Rogers. <laughs> yes. Very good, John. See, I knew John would know it. Okay, that's amazing. It's not Kenny Rogers. It's not. No, it's, it's not Kenny Rogers. No. It's just the other Rogers. It's yes, the, it's other the other father Rogers. of disco. All right, Kat doesn't the know. That's fine. father of disco. The only father. This guy is credited with creating, you know, uh, disco uh, te- and everything that came out of it. Techno, uh, high energy. Here's a clue. Italo uh, disco. Oh, 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 Giorgio Moroder. That's right. Giorgio Moroder. Giorgio Moroder. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, I'm going to smack my forehead. It took me that mm. long <laughs> to get there. <laughs> yeah, Moroder yes. co- collaborated with uh, his... Uh, now it's... Yes, now I know that. It's like that information <laughs> right there. It was... In, thank you. It was okay. on... She couldn't find the index card, yeah. but now she's got <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. You do feel like that, right? Like your brain sort of riffles, mm-hmm. rifles? What is that? Mm-hmm. Yep. Where is that? Mm-hmm. Yep. I know it's in here. Where did I put that? Yeah, Maroder, <laughs> for Top Gun, Maroder collaborated with his, his protege, Harold Faltemeyer, for the score and mm-hmm. also to write mm-hmm. some of the songs, uh, including the uh, Kenny Loggins' uh, Danger Zone. Mm-hmm. Maroder also wrote Berlin's Take My Breath Away. Okay. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I can hear that. Mm-hmm. But in addition mm-hmm. to that, he wrote the Flash Dad's theme, What a Feeling, for Michael Cimbello. Right. Right, right. With mm-hmm. uh, Lamal, he co you know, the former lead singer of Kaja Gugu, he co wrote the never ending story. Wow. <laughs> I don't think I knew he was involved in that one. And then he al- he also wrote uh <laughs> Yeah, cat. You knew about Kenny Rogers, or you didn't know about Kenny Rogers. <laughs> you got a lot of false you said information. It was the other guy. The other guy. Uh, he also wrote uh, one of Logan's other lesser appreciated hits. Was it a hit? I don't know. Meet me halfway. From over the top. Oh, from over the top. Yes. Yes. That was Giorgio Moroder. Across the sky. Yeah. Wow. He, yeah, he was all over the a successful place. collaboration, those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Moroder has a successful collaboration with everyone, apparently, that he oh, yeah, works yeah, with. Yeah. So maybe he's the common denominator. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we talked about uh, Against All Odds. I'm trying to remember now. Huh. I don't have all the information I wanted, but I'm going to try to remember something. But, you know, the other aspect. It's time to play. So, yeah, Will tries to remember shit. <laughs> Do I have it? <laughs> Wait, I didn't remember it. Oh. Right. So you think about how not all these artists wrote the songs that they're maybe most well known for, including yeah, yeah. Simple Minds. Uh, we also have some songs that were written by the artists. But not for the movie originally. Okay. Uh, okay. All right. All right. What comes to mind immediately? I feel like that's is, pretty common. <laughs> what comes to mind? I, I, well, in the eighties, you know, starting with Kenny Loggins, I really he believed he was the first where they would approach a musician and say, mm-hmm. "Here's what the film's about," or "Here's the script," or "Here's a clip." Yeah. Write something for it. Yeah. Like I feel that was always a James Bond theme thing. Like it was prestigious to get the, the title song for a James Bond film. But I don't remember tons mm-hmm. of films doing that until. And then the waterfall started. Like right. You said. That's yeah. a good example. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. With Bond. I, yeah. Probably most of those songs were written for the films, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was, yeah. was Goldfinger yeah. Finger written for Goldfinger? Just kidding. 
<laughs> or was it written for for your eyes only? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> what immediately springs to mind for me is St. Elmo's Fire, which is also one of these songs on this top 65 mm-hmm. songs from movies as ranked mm-hmm. by Billboard Hot 100. Do you remember okay. the parenthetical name of St. Elmo's Fire? Uh, no, but I remember the parentheses. Yes. When you and when you say it, I'm going to yeah, be like, of course. That's it. Right? Yeah. yeah. In the actual, um, the, the the parenthetical is in the song. The thing he says, for the most part, mm-hmm. I don't know the words. I just oh, know this oh, one word. Man in motion. Yes, that's oh, there you go. Yes, yes, yes. Not a game, but you get mm-hmm, a sound. Mm-hmm. Ah, no points, cat. Not a game. Ah. <laughs> John Parr, who sings the song along with David Foster, originally wrote this anthem about getting older and facing hardship for a paralyzed athlete, Rick Hansen, who had circled the world in a wheelchair in what was called the Man in Motion Tour. Wow, yes, that's ringing a bell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Similarly, uh, when it came time to need a song for Against All Odds, they approached Phil Collins and said, would you write a song? And he said, "Uh, let me see what I have already. Look at this one. (laughs) And he gave them the song, Take a Look at Me Now, (laughs) which is also the parenthetical Um, uh, for the name of the song. No, it is the parenthetical. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Wait, that's the parenthetical. It's against part. all odds. Take a look against at me now in parentheses. Yeah. Oh, 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 is it? I see. Because what you're that's saying. the song I he we wrote. Were supposed to answer a question. I'm sorry. Let me say that again. <laughs> I'll say we that, thought it was a game again. I'll say it as a question. <laughs> Do you remember the parenthetical for against all odds? <laughs> From oh, is it? Take a look at me now. That's right. Da, da, da. <laughs> well, that's the actual original Phil Collins song that he wrote. Oh, mm. wow. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's all I got for you today. So look, uh, among no. those, <laughs> no, it is long enough. Wait, it's time to play. No. <laughs> it is long enough. So look, the, what we haven't said though is what was the top ten eighty mm-hmm. songs among this sixty-five. Mm-hmm. So when we parse out right. the sixty or parse out the eighties from this sixty-five yeah. list, these mm-hmm. are the toppest, tenest, mostest. This is the hurdle challenge. Now you yeah. tell me, is this too fast for you? You. All right, look, I've got, I've got a bunch. At least I heard Eye of the Tiger. I've got a time. slightly easier <laughs> yeah. version here. Okay, here, okay. here you go. I have a good list after. going oh, of oh, good, what good, good. I've well, heard. Here's, in a, there. here's a more reasonable. Let's not okay. have the fun's over. Let's get to. Let's be serious now. Here's a more reasonable oh. uh, paste one. <laughs> I've had fun you. all along. You. Oh. Stop that. I'm trying to get the first one. <laughs> I just told you on the first one. <laughs> oh, All right. I'll tell you oh, what. I got name it. Any, I got name it. anyone I got it. and I'll mark them off if you got it. I got it. it. I got it. Okay. Yeah. I have a little list going. All right. What do, do you, you got? Okay. What do you got? Let's, do. let's get out of the show already. Come on. We had Eye of the Tiger was in there. Right, Footloose, Footloose was in there. there. Yep. Footloose Eye of the Tiger. was the first one. Yep. Hungry Eyes? Hungry Eyes is not on there, no. No? Oh, I misheard something. Okay. Okay. And Was Heaven in Your Eyes in there? It sounded like Heaven in Your Eyes. No, no, I don't even know what song that is. Heaven in your eyes. No, it's not in heaven in your eyes. Really? Okay, I thought I heard it. Yep. Separate lives is in there. I heard that. Uh, Mm. Separate lives is in there. Yep. I heard kiss. Kiss is not in there. No. No. Wait, but Prince is. Oh no! You're just getting the wrong song. Oh, it's when doves cry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. I thought you meant kiss the guys with face paint. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Uh, I heard what a feeling. Mm Hmm. I heard against all odds. Um, two hearts. Is that in there? No. No? Nope. Mm. Five, if there's five you haven't mentioned. Man, you've I got an ear cat. Okay, now just play a montage of the five we've missed. <laughs> I'll just, I'll play it I mean, and then I'll say this one, that one, ready? again and I'll get stuck. 
That one. See, that's what I thought was Hungry Eyes. That doom. I know that that. Dun, 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 it's crazy dun, dun, for you by eyes. Madonna. Oh, from Vision I hear Quest. It now, okay, okay. I disagree. You also did. <laughs> I think I paused it, so maybe this is the other one you didn't get. One of the other okay. ones. Okay, say that one. Oh. Um, I don't think you can get it from that. <laughs> That's Arthur's theme. The best you can do, Christopher Cross. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I probably have never gotten there. Oh. That's the one I thought was Heaven in Your Eyes, but it's not. So. No. Wait. Can you can you do it again? Uh, I can't. Say You Say Me by Lionel Richie. Oh, 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 and we even talked about it. And the one after that is Call Me by Blondie. The only one you haven't left then is the very first one, which is the last one. Yep. Well, it's a ballad, clearly. <laughs> um, yes, you're right. It's Endless Love by Diana Ross and <laughs> Lionel Richie. <laughs> Yo, yay. Oh, I've got it. Is it Endless Love? You got them all right. <laughs> Every single answer of every question you got right tonight. Now, depending on how you edit that, will people think I got one? That'd be yes. great. That'll balance out the other stuff. Uh, Kat, you've got quite an ear. Wow. I'm oh, impressed. Thanks. So yeah, the top, mm -hmm. the top 10 for the 80s, because uh, I don't know how that came out, was uh, Footloose is number 10 and on mm -hmm. our list out of the 65. Separate Lives, Crazy For You, Arthur Steam, When Doves Cry, Say You Say Me, Call Me, mm. Flash Dance, Eye of the Tiger, and Endless Love. Wow. Mm. So Endless Love was number one? Yeah, it would. yes. Because wow. it also spent nine weeks at number one. So it spent the okay. most weeks at number mm. one. And okay. I guess right. was, you know, I don't know. They're the soonest. So you're saying th this is throughout the course of all of the 80s, from like 83, 89. Right. Is that what you're saying? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all That's 80s. my understanding, okay. yeah. yeah. Or maybe the okay. entire time they've ever been on the Hot 100, yeah. Okay. okay. Um, curiously, this was uh, uh, Lionel Richie and Diana Ross's biggest hit. Hmm. You would have thought they would have uh, maybe had something before or since, but no, that was the one. Wow. All right. Hey, well, that's if, enough if it's that. that big, it's, you know, it's tough to beat if it's got that much star yeah. power behind it. It was in a film. Yes. I get it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Wow. I, I feel humbled. I, you know a lot more about music than I do, Kat. I'm very impressed. I'm very Aww. impressed. Don't feel humble, John, because you, you want all the games. <laughs> <laughs> all 17 games. <laughs> it's time to play. In fact, that Kat wins again. That reminds da, me. Da, da. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, wait, you have another one. <laughs> it's, <laughs> John, one, one of my favorite things about this are the games, but you, John, know everything else about everything that I don't. <laughs> like but music, I can do pretty well at, but you're you're everywhere uh, else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see when it's time to play more shit. John doesn't know. That's next week. <laughs> Be sure you're here for that. <laughs> can't wait to hear the questions. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> Hey, our show is brought to you yeah. every week. <laughs> Thanks in part to our early adopters like Kathy Burke, mm -hmm. Rick Parker, and Karen Flieger. Thanks, guys. Yes. And awesome. also thank you especially to our secret of our success level mm -hmm. Patreon supporters, John Henderson. I have an mm -hmm. exclamation point after that. Because John Henderson. John Henderson. I don't, I try not to uh, say it exactly like you because only you can say uh, it like that. I but it. I, mm -hmm. I try to emphasize yes. it somehow. Oh, Craig Coletta. John mm -hmm. Kaminsky, Marcus Taylor, our mm -hmm. very persistent patron. Yes. <laughs> and Tony Great. Yes. What a cavalcade yeah. of amazing human beings. Yeah. Symbols yes. in one yeah. list. I'll just say, as a result of them, you know, we're all winners. Yeah. So there you go. Hey, we will talk to you again next time on 1980s Now. Until next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>
This podcast is part of the 80s Ruled Network. Visit the 80s Ruled on Facebook for more 1980s awesomeness.